0: Pinks, creams, reds, browns, blacks, even blues. Those are just some of the lovely colours of the fenua I spotted presented as powder for painting and dyeing or rock for drawing and a beautiful display in a cabinet in the current Te exhibition Arranging Nature. You can see some of the photographs of just what a rainbow there is on, at our feet on the RNZ Culture 101 webpage currently. Kawai Rado Research Collective was founded in 2019 by three Fokatane friends, Lanai Cable, Jordan Davy M's, and Sarah Hudson. They've been researching with others the use of earth pigments by Māori ever since. The practice isn't just historical though, it's being picked up by an increasing number of contemporary artists as a way to connect to the whenua, to the land, and to work with their natural resource. It's a form of art sovereignty, I guess you could say, but historically the practice has ranged from Māori rock drawing to the dyeing of weaving to personal adornment and ceremony to rungoa, or healing. I spoke with Lenai Cable and Sarah Hudson in Whakatane.
1: Uh, We started this mahi in 2019, and in 2020, when we had to be at home, um, it was a really special time for us to be Mm. here and reconnect with places that we've grown up with, but uh, in a way that we can activate them in, in, in an art mm-hmm. sense. Figures through a different lens, for sure.
0: Um, and you're there both, I believe, on the Ohine River?
1: I'm a bit more towards the start of Ohine Um Sarah's a bit more down the end of the nitu, um, or the mouth of the awa. So I'm based in Ruatoki at the moment, and Sarah's in Whakatane. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant awa for both of us and... Our families are um, going, going way back. It's really nice. Yeah, our Murai are both situated on uh, our... And,
0: and I, I believe there was a bit of a roadie that in 2019 you guys went on that sort of inspired things.
1: Absolutely. Um, so Mane, myself, and our other collaborator, Jordan Davy M, um, all of our birthdays are in the same week in December, <laughs> and we did a road trip um, to celebrate... <laughs> and we went and looked at um, some significant rock art sites in Naoro here within Te Wairiki. Uh, so we drove know, about um, an hour, hour and a half, an hour away to Kangaro Forest, and we saw petroglyphs mm. there, carved oh. rock art in the wall drive another half hour to Mangakakaramea and see the uh, kōpōwai ochre or English it gets referred to as Rainbow Mountain.
0: Yes, and yes, I've been there. There's amazing colours there.
1: Beautiful. Really beautiful resource uh, and lots of phokipapa, lots of history. Um, and then about half an hour from there is Lake Tarawera, where there mm. is a, a painted rock arch uh, piece and we did all of that in one day and then we had to... <laughs> come back and pick the kids up from school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but kind of on the drive home, we just were awestruck, I guess, by the art that our tūpuna had left us to see, yeah. um, the longevity of that art, and also that, that the resources are still here for us to engage in those practices. So it was
0: a discovery that, you know, I guess these, these paints that were being used have lasted hundreds of years, right? I mean, I think I've seen that Lake Tarawera site many years ago. It's incredible, really, isn't it, that it's still there. And so this project, in a way, is a, is, is a recovery of, of all of that that knowledge.
1: Yeah, I feel like a bit of a remembering of that knowledge. I think it's still in us. Um, mm. I don't like really to say that mātauranga o knowledge is lost. I like to say that no. it was interrupted for a while, yep. and it's sort of just waiting for us,
0: yeah, there, like you said, to be recovered again. Yeah, which is, is, is I guess the, the the kind of magic of it. And did you, the the three of you, coming together on this, you know, were you all coming from a, an arts background, or or, or were you all bringing different parts to it? Because I know rongo was part of it, and and, and and many different kind of aspects of of the use of these earth pigments.
1: Yeah, really different backgrounds. I have a an arts background, grounded in mātauranga Māori. Jordan was a recent grab from Elam um, and was bringing kind of a lot of ceramic knowledge through. And um, Lane has an amazing kind of research whakapapa brain and also has studied kūmua Māori. Mm. And yeah, we just came together because we love rocks. <laughs> <And eggs. laughs> like, <eggs. laughs> like rocks and dirt and art and... Um, and it has taken us really far over the last three, four
0: years. Yeah, and I know you've been connecting up with a whole range of of I mean, there are twenty five Māori artists on your website who, who are working with earth pigments for one thing. Has there been a lot of research in terms of talking to iwi around the country and rediscovering what 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 is what is what is known of of past practices? Yeah, for sure.
1: There's there's hints everywhere. Um, I don't think it's been widely talked about for the last how many years, but yeah, there's hints of it um, in, in every iwi, every hapu, in Fano as well. Walking and lots of walking. Mm, the um, walking part was probably the first couple of years I hear.
0: So, when you go walking, where where do you go walking? I mean, how do you know where to walk? I guess we
1: just started in the places we grew up uh, mm. around and places that we fuck up to. So it was a reconnection of getting on the land with kind of through an art lens. But also we've found workable material in form of clay and soils and car parks or at the end of driveways or um, along <laughs> water just kind of once you get your dirt eyes on. <laughs> um, it's, it's the materials are everywhere. Looking at
0: the display a papa that I've just been looking at, the the range of colours is really really awesome. I think, Sarah, you talk about the rainbow of colours that you've been working with. Where are, where are those all from? I mean, you've you've got everything in there from pinks and blues and greens and yellows. To it, it's as soon as you as you say, put your dirt eyes on you, it's quite extraordinary the magic you're looking at.
1: Yeah, they can go from from Hauraki down to like Kapimamui. You know, from up north right down south. Yeah, we've been um, really privileged to be invited um, to lots of different lands. People have invited us to go to do paint-making workshops. Um, mm. Sometimes it's been more kind of closed in terms of whānau have invited us to specific places so they can reconnect in different ways to their special places. And over the last few years, we've met with thousands of Tōngoku in a Wānanga space mm. and these are ghosts from them or places that we whakapapa to, um, that we've kind of learned those histories and feel really attached to really connected to yeah there's sometimes like that pigment sent in the mail as like a gift from some of our friends oh beautiful and has it
0: changed your perceptions i mean for both of you of your connection with different places
1: well sure it's, it's on a way deeper level i think mm. It's like an interdependent relationship, I feel like you now. Yeah, I've really appreciated it in terms of accessing Te Ranga Tūratanga, being yeah. able to kind of gain some art sovereignty, not having to rely on going to Bunnings or <laughs> yeah art shop to get a, a plastic acrylic paint, um, being able to recognise those resources free in nature and then share that mautauranga that. The kids
0: can make a paint now too. I mean you've used the word decolonisation in terms of the practice. I think that's right. If, if I think back to when I was a child, I have memories of being given a little bottle from you know Tiwala land from Rotorua there of the little touristy bottle of you know with the the layers of beautiful coloured volcanic earth. Mm. So it was kind of like this kind of tourism thing. It's almost like you're. It's a way of very softly taking the land back.
1: Yeah, one teaspoon at a time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a handful at a time to get time. to
1: I guess the land is there and the land is is accessible for us sometimes. Mataranga is accessible sometimes. I guess we're just making that a very public uh pathway. Um when we first went on our road trip we pretty much straight away started an Instagram. Yes. Um and that was a way of sharing our research journey and sharing my as well because that was one of the biggest things that we came away with was like, why do we not know about how our Tūpuna made paint? Why don't we know about these painting practices that are still there for us to experience? Um, so I guess kind of through systems of colonisation um, and also gatekeeping in some respects, sometimes physical actual locked gates that stop us getting to the land Yes. were knowledge keepers, there's firewalls behind articles or um, people only to talking to certain people. We just wanted to really mash all those boundaries down through sharing.
0: It sounds like there's quite a lot of artists picking this this work up, right?
1: And we're happy, really happy with that. Yeah, the, it, the, the weavers have had a kind of a continuous practice of using putters and mm, our carvers have had mm. a continuous practice of using copper wire, red ochres, and oil um, and staining wood. Uh, so it's just kind of enlivening that in a contemporary art sense. And um, there are so many people who are inspiring so many more people now, which we're really excited about. I think the- our research was to accessible too for people being on Instagram. Um, yeah. I think when we're talking about decolonisation, I think the way uh, our resources are shared, um, how our Instagram is, it's accessible for people to access that knowledge where mm, you're probably not going to read someone's thesis all the time, yeah, you know. Yeah, or you might, yeah. Our mentor, Chaz Dahuri, really early on talked about talked to us about kaitiakitanga um, being an action word. Ah. You know, we're, living, we're living these practices. Yeah. We're not just talking about them or, or reading about them. We're, yeah, we're really lucky and grateful to have mentors uh, that are both practitioners. And I was interested
0: in tikanga and how it's involved in your, your gathering processes and whether that's also a thing of bringing back to light as well.
1: We were really uh, adamant to tread lightly on the whenua mm. when, like well, now, but also when we first started. We... Um, got a karakia written for us from Tekahuder Moumasa and Kali Neri, and that way we could share that with anyone. You don't have to kind of fuck up into a certain place. We've also got Sean Montgomery Newt to write some um, practical gathering guidelines for us, which are available wow. on the website. Um, but it's just been a lot of conversation with a lot of different people of how does this feel? How does this how do we share this as well? Mm. Um, in a responsible way, as I we want this to be um a practice that Mardi can pick up and run with. Um, but yeah, in a respectful and reciprocal and exciting way.
0: It's not just the fennel either, is it, Lina? Um, it's it's about the water as well, and respecting that. I mean, I know you've got a, a dying practice as well with this. Like, that's actually about you know that combination of earth and water, and and respecting and looking at where, where that's coming from, and how it's being cared for. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, that'd be right. I think when we're we're looking at pigments, that you've got to remember that. That's just one tiny part of the whole tile, the whole environment, right. and everything is, is connected and, and works together in collaboration. Okay. Yeah, so that's also extended through to the rako that we use, the gowns that we use for binders, and uh. familiarising ourselves with the plants that we can access and when in the maramataka that, that it's good to access those. Um, so it's been a huge learning journey, <laughs> even though we've tried to stay. In our lane <laughs> of dirt, <laughs> um, things kind of pull us in different directions at different times.
0: Great. It's it's enormous. I was interested to look up the name, the, the your name, coirado, around that idea of the uh, of the the the, the knowledge, the terrestrial knowledge. Could you explain why how you came to, to that name when you started?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Kauai Raro, as you say, refers to terrestrial knowledge. Um, and also is a lower jawbone, um, wow. which in alpudako is a, sometimes can be a magic, magical tool. It can represent <laughs> knowledge that's gifted down from ancestors, grandmothers particularly. We thought that that would be a cool name. And we, once we started going, we realized that um, Kaweraro, Kawerunga, sorry, the kind of upper jawbone and the celestial knowledge yep. is totally intertwined with um, our terrestrial goings on as well. That was Lana Cable and Sarah Hudson of Koararo Research Collective in Fakatane, and our thanks to Radio One Double X for their studio help with that item.